Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. Yes, it's the start of the year, and yes, here we go again. Goal setting, most important thing, because we get to design our future in advance. We're gonna look at some core steps with reviews, we're gonna look at plans, challenges, most importantly, accountability to help you get the absolute most out of this year. Plenty to take out of this, make sure you take plenty of notes. We'll see you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Happy New Year. Looking fresh, buddy. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Absolutely. Fresh as. And here we are, Series 3, Episode 1. Series 3, almost like Seinfeld. There'll be like 12 or 11 seasons or something like that going on at this rate. We just keep cranking. Oh, you, you're seeing it big. You're seeing the future. I think uh, I just started watching reruns of Seinfeld actually on Netflix and, oh, gee, it's a classic. You remind me of Kramer a touch, but parking that to the side for a second. What we're here to to chat about is, of course, as we do every single season of episode one, is the new year, setting goals, but more importantly, achieving them. Indeed, it seems to come around with uh, increasingly quick uh, um, frequency too. But yeah, here we are, start of the year, and a lot of people take the new year goal process as a new year's resolution. And very sadly, most new year's resolutions don't even make it past Australia Day, which is, of course, in a few weeks' time. So how can we build a more robust and cemented process? And if you want some backfill or more depth on this, I can highly recommend episode one, season one. And if that doesn't float your boat, episode one season two and if you want to tune in next year episode one season four same thing goal setting <laughs> and getting the year up because it is it is totally a pivotal part of of your overall success plan and each year there's a different message within there and we've certainly got some lessons we've taken out of this year which i think is a really good place to start how do you start with a with a plan for the year ahead absolutely and i think we just premise this though ab right from the get-go is that this is not for everyone it's only for people who are serious about achieving goals because if that's not you then you know it's it's not really up your alley Wonderful quote, talk is cheap, but money, money buys, buys the whiskey. And, uh, and, and and it's such a truism, everyone wants more, but are you prepared to roll the sleeves up and, and make 2022 as this year will be, of course, um, your best year yet, and let's hope it is. So let's give you some uh, some concrete tools to better help you out. Well, let's get into it. I think for, you know, step number one is looking back in the rear view mirror, mm-hmm. uh, reflecting on, on the year that it was 2021. Look, that's, that you're absolutely right because there's so much we can learn from our achievements and indeed, and I hate to use the term, but our failings as well. Um, you know, where did it go wrong? Where did it go right? How do you do more of what you want that's good? And how do you do less of what you don't want, which is maybe not so good? And I appreciate that sounds like such a baby step to take. Uh, and we'll talk about world-class basics as we go through. It's about keeping things simple, keeping things consistent. Uh, and certainly starting with the review is key. So look back over the last year, what were your crowning glories? What were your big biggest achievements? Why did they matter to you? Because when we set goals, um, you know, a lot of people think when they embark on this journey, they walk through the doorway of personal development. And I hate that term, but you know, effectively that's what it's it's known as personal development. Um, you know, people that um, people that are looking for more, it's not about changing who you are. It's about helping you become the best version of you that you can be. And I think everyone's on their own journey. Whatever your measure of success may be is down to your own definition. You know, it could be a six pack in abs. It could be a great relationship at home. It could be massive self-development in the reading space. I'm sure we'll cover that off as we go through uh, and anything in between. So your own journey is as unique as the next person. So, you know, let's not get bogged down into the, oh, success should be the, you know, you should have money. You should have, the, it's everyone else's journey to decide what they want. Can I put you on the spot? Mm. What were some of the goals or intentions you'd set out last year that you achieved or maybe didn't? Either way, let's hear them both. 
One of the really big ones um, we built last year, built a home, uh, was here. My family moved in and to, um, and this is this is not a money goal, it's a personal goal, uh, was uh, to help uh, produce our own food. Uh, you know, I'm a good provider for my family in, in the financial sense. I pride myself on being a good, I need to be, I've got five kids. That was another goal for this year. And we've got one more to add to the bunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, and one of the, my goals this year was to learn a lot more about farming and to for us to be able to, you know, start the journey of being self-sufficient. So, you know, hives for our honey, we've got, uh, you know, honey hives there. And that's been a really good experience for the kids. Uh, interesting one for me, got a few stings along the way. So part of that review process was not getting stung. And battle scars. A few battle scars. Got an EpiPen now because I'm developing an allergy to bee venom because I've been hit a few times now, but I've got a suit and all that. Um, you know, planted our orchards up. There's a lead time on that. You know, there's years before you get a return on that. Got our veggie patches and kitchen gardens going. I've uh, got chickens this year. Um, you know, a whole uh, geese, ducks, pigs. So, you know, we've had quite an inroad into that. And that's nothing to do with money and investing, but it was actually one of my biggest personal goals uh, for, for the year just gone was to become a provider for my family in terms of the literal sense of being able to feed them, which we've been able to accomplish. It's funny you say that because this is a money and investing show and you're a trader and you have been for the last 30 years working mm. in hedge funds. It's the complete opposite to what you would accept, what you would, what you would suspect for a person such as yourself. But I guess it poses that, that overarching premise that there is no such thing as a stupid or an incorrect goal. It all no. comes down to the individual as to what you want. Yeah, I had a, a, a few laughs with a few mates on it. They go, blimey, you know, you've really taken this, you know, we've just moved out of a you know, waterfront McMansion here on the on the Gold Coast to, to, to living in Hippieville down at Byron Bay, loving every second of it. And yeah, I got a bit of cheek from some of my friends. Uh, and, uh, you know, if anyone's a little older, they'll remember a TV show in the UK called The Good Life, uh, where, you know, there's a suburban couple did exactly that. But it has been an important goal for me, but it's also been a huge learning curve too. Um, you know, and, and this is reflective of any type of goal. You know, I've been learning about you know, tedious stuff, composting, for example, and I'm following a guy in the UK because you have to have a coach and a mentor if you want to accelerate uh, your success. A guy called Charles Dowding, founder or, or, or the person that's really responsible for no dig gardening, little quirky way of growing crops. And it's absolutely fantastic. But so it's been a massive, massive learning curve. and. For me, you know, I'm used to being a mentor to other people and a coach, and it's quite interesting being on the other side of the ledger where you're the student and diligently taking notes and taking action and implementing it. And I've really enjoyed every second of it because my skill set's bulked out massively. It's quite humbling also when you realize how little about something you actually know and coming in as a clean canvas. And I guess it's also given me a greater understanding and appreciation from, for some of our clients that come into our ecosystem in the trading space that have never invested before. They're at ground zero just like I am when it comes to uh, to, to gardening and, and, and farming. And it's it's been a brilliant experience left every second of it. Sounds very humbling. And to put you back on the spot again, AB, that was a goal clearly that you've achieved mm. and you've, you've learned a lot of good things out of it. Is there something you didn't quite get to last year that you'd like to share? 100% uh, health and fitness. You know, that's one we talk about frequently. And um, I have no excuse. Normally when you miss a goal, um, you know, the, the bottom line is, okay, what was the story or the excuse for it? I've got no excuse for it. Mine was health and fitness. Um, I was intent on knocking off an amount of weight. That actually wasn't the goal. It was just to get back into a more regimented uh, training regime because you and I used to be able to train together every day. Now I'm living down the road. You don't live with us. Uh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> if you want, we've got plenty of space. Um, and, uh, and I've fallen out of that. And I literally don't have a, an excuse because I have a fully 
set up equipped gym in my house uh yeah I've just i actually just bought a peloton bike the other day which i have actually started using and i've been sort of hooked on the the peloton cult uh, because i need something that's a glue to get me back in gear but i failed miserably on that uh, and when i look back and review it I love being fit and I've prided myself from playing professional sport when I was younger to pretty much all my life staying in shape. So what's changed? And I'm, this year I have had, uh, it's almost like the lost year from a health and fitness perspective. Um, but the flip side of it is I've had other things that I've cut my cake up into different ways. My space and my time has been sliced up. Resuming our business in the US has taken up a good chunk of that. Having a beautiful little girl joining our family, uh, our daughter, which was born, uh, she was born a couple of months ago now. Um, the move and the establishment of a new home and getting into new routine, they're all stories, all excuses. We can only cut the cake into so many slices. And on the other side of the ledger, I've had responsibilities with a business and operation to run here. We've got staff, we've stakeholders, clients and all that. So, you know, for me, I, my time that I cut out for training has been one that I did sacrifice this year. And I'm aware that I did do that. And this year, 2022, is going to see that move back into front and centre. It's a hugely important one because... If you look back and review, and we'll talk about reviews as, we, as we're sort of loosely talking now, it's important to understand not just what was good or what wasn't or what you did or what you didn't, but why you didn't get it done. And the reality is, if you don't get a goal achieved, it's because it's not a priority. It's not high enough up on your list of priorities. And you say, oh, I've got five, 10 priorities. If you've got five or 10 priorities, you've got none. You've got to have two or three, that's tops. Uh, and otherwise you just spread generally across the board. So, you know, it will be moving up my priority list and I can assure you, um, and it's good that we're being videoed. So you'll see uh, maybe uh, some of my somewhat more corpulent stocker broker looking <laughs> physique shedded for uh, the active uh, outdoor organic farmer that I am. Well, I really hope that comes to fruition, but let's, let's run with that right now. I think that's an awesome segment into kind of the next bulk of today's session, AB. You talk about having a goal, but not quite getting there and having some stories as such, which have gotten in the way, which is, which is okay. You then talk about planning ahead and really making that a priority. So you and I both know you've got an awesome framework for this. So as we get into 2022, as we are now, what does that framework look like? Mm. It starts as it always does, um, you know, and we start that. And interesting enough, we're running, a, it's, you know, it's a couple of days time, planning day, where we're going to be going through working with people actually in a workshop to do this. Um, it starts with where are you at and how content are you with it? And, and we divide that down into, you know, sort of eight core areas of your life uh, for the simple reason it's your journey. So you've got to establish, okay, where are you starting the year from and how satisfied are you with that particular element of your life? And if you're happy with it, that's great. You don't need to do more to extend it if you're at the level you want to be. If you're dissatisfied with it, you know, for example, you know, I'm overweight right now. Am I happy with it? No, but I'm not sufficiently unhappy to have done something about it in the last 12 months. I've got to that uh, the point of what we call threshold, where it's now an issue for me. And so all of a sudden, it becomes something that is a must. It's not, I need to get around to doing that. It is a must that this has to happen. Simple as that. And so we start off the year, where are you at with the various elements in terms of, you know, we're talking about health and well-being, talk about money, talk about your personal growth, talk about relationships, uh, talk about your own um, mindset, if you will, uh, and, and satisfaction, your, your health, your mental health and well-being, which is such an important thing these days, and rate yourself on that scale of one to 10. And then once you've done that, is it something you're committed to wanting to change? You know, you may be fat and happy. 
And that's fair enough if that's what you want. And probably a good time to implement this, something our long-term listeners have heard before is the four burner theory. Mm. You talk about priorities and setting them straight as we get into 2022. Can you elaborate on a little bit more on this magical four burner theory? Oh, it's, it's Emma's four burner. This is my wife's uh, my wife's uh, way of explaining things, and it's very true. You know, you you, you can you can have your, your relationship with yourself, health and fitness, and we're talking about that. Uh, business, family, and then relationships, effectively, uh, and and your own mindset. You can't have all of those things running at full bore. At best, probably two and a half to maybe three. There's always going to be one that's a trade off. Um, and, and that's a very, very hard thing to come to terms with that you, you're never going to be a great all-rounder. You can be a good all-rounder, but you can't be a great all-rounder. You, you, you can have areas that are stronger focuses that are going to be areas that you outperform in or you've got more commitment to outperforming in. So, you know, an easy one to take for granted, sadly, is relationships. And you go, look, I'm really busy and there's business and there's this and there's that. And all of a sudden you start to neglect your relationship at home. Uh, and, um, you know, you can have an average relationship if that's what you want, but that's probably not the best platform to build a happy life, that's for sure. So if you want to have a great relationship, you've got to put time in. Date nights, for example. You know, and I had a good buddy of mine who passed away now um, a number of years ago. Yeah, he's married for 20 years and he always used to refer to his wife as girlfriend. And, and I was like, Paul, why do you always call Jeanette your girlfriend? You guys have been married for 20 years. He said, Andrew, as long as I treat her like my girlfriend, she'll always want to be my wife. And there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that. You know, you know interestingly enough, you know, there's one of the highest divorce rates is over the Christmas period uh, because, you know, people spend more time maybe than they normally do with each other and family and there's a bit of stress there. The reality is if you want to have a great relationship, um, you have to invest in it. Just like if you want to have a great trading year in terms of banking profits, you have to invest time into that. If you want to be 10 kilos lighter, you have to be putting the consistent effort in. And we're talking about consistency, I'm sure, um, you know, into what you're doing. And these are all really broad based. This is not how to set a goal. You know what you want out of life. You know if you've got everything you want and you know where the deficiencies are. It's about being very, very honest. As I've just shared to you know, the 100,000 people that listen to this, yeah, I'm not happy with my weight. There you go. It's out there and I'll do something about it. Now I've got to. I'm accountable to 100,000 plus listeners now. You are. And you're accountable to yourself, most importantly, which is the kicker here. And I guess probably an awesome segue. Thanks for handling my segues too, by the way, today is that when we have challenges <laughs> arise, you know, things change in our life. You know, might have a family member pass away or lose your job or whatever it may be. You break your leg, you can't go to the gym anymore. This has been a two-year era where there have been that, that massive level of uncertainty for people too, and it's caused yeah, a lot of um, discontentment and stress for people that they shouldn't have. But sorry, carry on. How do we then overcome challenges? Because it's all good, good and well to set an intention and have some goals to work mm -hmm. towards it, but things happen in life that we can't control. Yeah, and you, you, you have to have a plan. Life is divided in two, like everything. There's two sides of the coin. There's black and white. And, and, and there's certainty and there's uncertainty. Now, if we look at this through a different lens, let's talk about trading and investing for a moment. Yeah, we're in a market which is not more uncertain today. It's been uncertain always because it can do lots of things. It can go up, it can go down, it can do both in the same day. It can it's stay a market, flat. right? So there's a huge, huge level of uncertainty there, which can provide a lot of anxiety for people, particularly those folk that are new to the trading and investing space. So how do you get around that? Well, you can never control the market. And the day you think you can control the market, you're either Bobby Axelrod or, you're, uh, or, you're, or, or your ego has got way past anything that's close to reality. 
So you can't control the market, but what you can control is the way that you're approaching it. And this is why, for example, having a trading plan is such an important part of the trading business. You've got massive uncertainty in markets, but you've got the certainty of having a plan that lets you navigate and traverse those more difficult waters. So we look at you know the whole art of goal setting as we lay it out, particularly with you know the money and investing planner. You know, you've got different types of goals. All goals are not the same and they feed into each other. And keeping it really simple, if you've got an achievement goal, something that you want to achieve, you've got to attach an enormous amount of emotional motivation to that. And and in the trading space, we talk about how can you eliminate emotion? But when you talk about goal setting, the more emotion that you put into something, the more it's going to become a must as opposed to a should. And there's a big difference there. So setting your achievement goals out. So let's, for argument's sake, say, you know, and, and this is an example of the poor goal. I, I want to have, uh, you know, make $100,000 of profit this year from my trading, for example. Now that's an achievement goal and it's very precise in the way that you've written it and you can go down and break down, you know, the action steps towards its achievement, got to have an account set up, got to be in the market, got to fund it, got to be diligently managing, got to have risk management, all the stuff that we teach. Now, the challenge is that the market with the strategy you're using may not have the ability to give you $100,000 of gain. So your goal is based on something you've really got no control over. A better goal there would be to say, you know, uh, I'm going to be active in the market and be very specific about this, where I'm going to be using XYZ strategy and I'm going to have X amount of money deployed and my target is you know, 2.5% per trade with a risk management of X on a trade basis. That's something you can control because it's your plan. And if you overlay what you can control into the market, you'll more than likely hit your undergrant. But you've set it up in a slightly different way, which is based around things you have control over versus things that you don't. It's really important you say that it's not outcome orientated, it's process orientated. And I'll share a personal example on this. So as you know, I used to hate reading books. I was going to ask you, let's let's talk about one of your big goals for the year. Right. So last year, I I hated reading, Mm. reading books. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to read two books this quarter. And the reason for doing that is because I had some really audacious investment and some savings goals. And I guess the comparison I drew was that successful people um, in monetary terms read books. You talk to any successful CEO, I talk to you, for example, you're an avid reader. So therefore I draw the comparison. If I read books, I'll get smarter. If I'm smarter, I'll save more money. And that was enough for me to go, okay, I'm gonna read two books per quarter. Mm. And I did. And it wasn't that I was going to read X amount of books to get you know, ever so smart, I was going to read at least three to four times per week. And that was enough to carry me over the line. And now I love reading mm-hmm. and how I feel like I've learned something. Absolutely. And did I save my money as I, as I anticipated? Absolutely. I did. That's a great first hand story. And I'm, I'm it, it, it's, it's, it's life is about just that consistency level. And it's interesting you set the goal of reading three or four times a week, because so far we've talked to what an achievement goal is and achievement goals only really happen if your habit goals were in place. So in in this instance, the notion of reading three or four times a week, the net result is that you're going to become better read than if you're not reading three or four times a week. And I know that's stating the blindingly obvious, but goal setting isn't that complex. So within our journal system and within our process, that's exactly what we talk about. What are the habits that you need to establish? You know, the habits, uh, goals aren't the outcome. Now, a lot of people get confused on this when you talk about you know, New Year's resolutions or setting goals for the year ahead or life plans and so on. The, the goal actually is not 
the outcome that you're looking for here. You might think, oh, I want to have a million bucks in the bank. No, that's not the goal. That just happens to be the byproduct of the goal. The goal is becoming the person that's capable of saving a million dollars to have in the bank. The goal is becoming the person that has the self-discipline to read three or four times a week. The outcome is you've read the books. And there's a big distinction between those achievement goals and habit goals. Habit goals are the vehicles on which achievements are made. And it's that little and often consistency, which is key. If you look at Peloton, going into the health and fitness space once again, so I just bought a Peloton bike, ridiculously overpriced piece of equipment and crazily expensive membership. The purpose of it though, is to get you into that habit because as you know from the gyms that you own, if people come and train every day, they will get fitter, they will lose weight, they'll have more vitality, but you have to come every day or three times a week or whatever it may be in order to do that. That's the, the habit and the behavioral shifts, if you will, that deliver success. And I think on that too, there are events which occur in our life which which can really kick you into gear and cause you to have that goal. Another example, and I hate talking about myself, as you know, but I think it's, it's your favorite subject. You're favorite pretty good subject. at it. <laughs> yeah, I learned from you. Uh, you know, my my issue last year in particular was that I kept getting injured. Play sport, tore my hamstring twice. Same hamstring, same injury twice. Mm. And you know. To tear your hamstring, you can't run, you can't play footy. Wallet, must be that wallet in your hip pocket. It must have yeah, been pretty heavy, well, right? Yeah, something like that. Maybe my phone. <laughs> um, but, you know, in that instance, you can't do anything. And you realize when you're injured, you know, how how really restricted you are in your life. And that affects so many other areas, mm. including business. So I said to myself this year, I was going to stretch three times a week because I know that if I stretch, I'm likely to prevent injury. There was something that occurred, which I didn't like, reflected on, therefore created the habits and now is implementing day by day. But really the trick there is to be accountable because no one wants to stretch. It's boring and I hate it. But how do you be accountable, I guess, is the question here, AB. That's a really good question. And I think there's a huge, you put me on the spot with that. And I think the answer to it is really simple. It's not what you have to do, it's what you get to do. And if you look at things in that respect, oh, I have to stretch or I get to stretch. Now there's a totally different mindset behind that. You know, oh, you know, I, I, I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning to trade the close of the US market. No, no, I get to get up at six o'clock in the morning to do that. I get to see what it's like when the light's coming up over Byron and over my farm and my son will come into my office, say, hey daddy, what are we doing? Can you print something for me to color and do that? And away we go. It's not that I have to do it, I get to do it. And I think that shift in mindset where you start to look at things instead of being heavy lifting and a chore to actually being the pleasure itself. And I'd say this is probably one of the biggest learning points that I've taken out of having a family. And, 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 and as you know, it's a young family that I have, you know, five under seven or five at seven and under is being able to make the mundane fun. And if you, we get, we get so jaded as we get older uh, that we start to lose the fun in life and it just becomes a chore or a task, whereas kids see everything as exciting. Maybe it's because it's the first time that they've had to do it or been exposed to it, so there's a novelty factor. And there's so much we can learn from that. I think that whole basis, I get to stretch three or four times a week. I make the time, so I get to stretch. It's the reward. I get to stretch three or four times a week rather than, oh, I've got to stretch. Philosophy, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a total it's a total mindset shift. And again, I meant I referenced in there about as we get older, um, you know, we can become perhaps a little bit more jaded. And you know, if you're you know, thirty, this is probably the twenty fifth year. You've got to set New Year's resolutions. I remember spending Christmas and New Year in Colombia a number of years ago. And one of the great things they do on New Year's Eve is is they write down all the things they want to let go of. And then they set fire to it and it just goes off on a piece of paper, it's gone. 
it's a, a nice spiritual, yeah, uh, I guess, activity, it's, it's, right? It was, it, was, it was quite interesting doing that. But uh, as we get older, you know, the, the, there are two sort of graphs, if we bring it into the analytical frame, which is where we live as traders, I suppose. Um, you know, you've got your experience chart, which over time you've got more life experience, which in turn, of course, can can give you a little level of cynicism, being cynical about things. On the other side of the coin, and it's a completely inverted chart to that, is the naivety index. If you don't know about something, everything is new, it's fresh, it's fun, it's a challenge. And getting that balance right is key. And a real simple litmus test for anyone listening to, to, to us today is, you know, if you've had to do something that's been quite arduous, um, let's say you trained up to do a marathon or a triathlon or, or, or something in that ilk or start your own business. And you look back and go, gee, now I've done it and I've realized all of the sacrifices I had to make in order to accomplish it. Would I do that again? And when you look through those lenses, the answer, depending on your psychological makeup, is either, hell yeah, sign me up, I'll go again anytime. Or it's like, yeah, I know it, it was a lot harder than I expected and I probably wouldn't do it again. But when we're new into a journey, that enthusiasm, that naivety, oh, just frame the challenge, I'm gonna make this happen, I don't care what it takes, is what you often hear, young entrepreneurs, I'll do whatever it takes, and two years later they're out of business because they're not prepared to do whatever it takes, but you know, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes because you don't know what it takes. And, and, and life can be the same, and once you've had a few setbacks, a few knocks, you can become quite jaded. That experience graph is very, very high, and that naivety or enthusiasm chart is quite depleted, they're inverse charts. Getting more of that naivety, that kid-like energy to say, yeah, let's give it a go. Let's see what it feels like. I'm happy to do it. Whatever it takes, not the, oh yeah, that's gonna be a lot harder than I thought. I bet it'll take me years to get there. It's just a simple switch because you have to be excited about your life. You have to be excited about your goals. If you see it as ho-hum, mundane, another new year, here we go again, same process, same outcome. Guess what? You're gonna end up not where you wanna end up other than just generally pretty flat and dejected and not really fired up. You've got to be breathing fizzy air. And it's not to say you become that person that annoys the, the hell out of everyone around you. Yeah, go for it, man, you're the dude, high fives all right. It's not about that, that's BS. You know, positive, positive mental attitude is an internal thing. You don't need to display that externally. The key thing is to approach everything through those fresh young lenses. Here's a new challenge, I'll take a challenge and I'm gonna go into this totally blind and naive and give it a go. Where's it gonna take us, man? Just like reading, I might enjoy it. Absolutely, and I have. It's been great. What I think of when you when you say all of this, AB, and I couldn't couldn't agree more. By the way, as we come to the end of today's broadcast, is that keeping yourself accountable is tough. Therefore, having a coach or a guide or a mentor as such is really important. I've been very privileged. You've been my coach since you know the last three or four years we've been together. You would have had a coach back when you were in my situation as well. You've got to have someone who's got that hand on the shoulder to help you. Where, I guess, can you offer that support as such to our listeners out there? Well, the experience is a great teacher. There's no question about that. You know, life can be a minefield. You can walk across it. It's a lot easier uh, walking in the footsteps of someone that's done it. That said, and again, you, using the parallel with kids, and you, you, I see my kids doing stuff and you want to go, don't do that. <laughs> and there's a difference between don't do that, you're going to get really seriously injured and hurt versus don't do that, you're going to fall. But you've got to have that learning experience and it, it's really hard. I guess as a parent, to allow your kids to have that free learning experience without being the person that puts too much of a safety net there. Because if you do that, they don't get the learning that they need to equip them for life. As I say, there's a caveat and asterisk there. You're not going to get your kids doing something too life-threatening, although my 
five-year-old son's got a motorbike and <laughs> everyone goes to some of the other stuff I've he does. I've seen some of the yeah. stuff he's done. Um, coaching and mentoring is the same. It becomes a very difficult challenge and it's something that has really driven me pretty hard over the last 20 years where I've been in that space where you have to let people make mistakes to work out why it's not the right thing to do. There's no good just saying don't do that uh, because innately in our DNA, when someone says don't do it, we're more than likely, especially us men, are more than likely to go and do it. You know, And we can trace that right back to Adam and Eve back in the biblical days. You know, <laughs> there's only one rule in the Garden of Eden, don't eat the apple. So what does Adam do? He has eat a bite the of the apple. apple because they said not to do it. Um, and, and it's very, very hard sometimes as a coach to give people enough latitude to make sufficient um, mistakes to realize and lock in. It's that biometric feedback. You have to do something to get a result, to give yourself the feedback to modify your action going forward. And if somebody else is giving you uh, like um, vicariously third hand or second hand, the experience of what it's like, it's just, it's just not the same. It's just not that same. You've got to let people do that. So that, that becomes quite the challenge as a coach. So you've got to let people make mistakes in a controlled environment so that when there is a mistake, it's not catastrophic. It's just a learning experience. And that's something while well, we use risk management in our trading, for example. So if you're wrong, it's okay. You can take a bit of bark off, but it's not going to blow your account up. You're going to be in a position where you've learned from what you've done wrong and you can be better going forward. So there's an example um, that, you know, if, if you talk about actually doing stuff uh, to, to give yourself that sort of reinforcement. I think people often overcomplicate the journey that they're on. They want to be maybe successful, whatever success means, and get an outcome, a learning outcome or a trading outcome or a relationship outcome or a life outcome. And they overthink things. Uh, and it's very, very easy, particularly in the trading space, there's so much to digest that oh, you know, I'll focus on all these indicators, I'll focus on this. Life, whether it's trading, which is just a, a spoke in the wheel of life or other aspects of it, is actually quite straightforward. It's about doing world-class basics. And that should be the mantra of everyone. That's certainly what I'm driving through our ecosystem right now. World-class basics. You'll be, oh, what am I gonna do you know, 25th of June next year? It doesn't matter what's gonna go on the 25th of June next year. If you do the right thing today to the best of your abilities, the 25th of June next year will take care of itself. But if you spend all your time worried about the 25th of June right now, you're not gonna get anything done. And, and we do have a habit of overcomplicating things. If we think in the trading space, you know, we go and search of all of the, how many different indicators can I layer onto a chart to try and get better timing? And that's what I'd call overlay analysis. Core analysis, what's the trend? Where's the support resistance? What's the volume doing? What's the price action doing today? There is no substitute from that. It is the basics to making good decisions. The other stuff might help with confirmation, but it's not instead of. Now, I'll give you an example of this in life. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and let's say you're in a romantic relationship. You come home and your partner is there and you're feeling, I'll try and be as delicate as I can with this story, um, a little bit amorous. Oh, okay. And, uh, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the term amorous, you're feeling pretty toey and uh, <laughs> looking to get some action. Let's just call it what it is. Um, so what do you do? You may make, make a, a, a nice drink, cup of tea or a glass of wine, put on some music, nice candles, some massage oil. How's your day? Listen to them. You've put some cologne or perfume on. You know, change your story to suit your circumstance. Everything's moving along quite nicely and you think okay this is going to give me the result and outcome that I want you go and get into bed without cleaning your teeth you're probably going to get kicked out of the bed pretty quick go and clean your teeth it's a basic thing get the basics right everything else happens but if you do all of that other activity and don't clean your teeth you're not getting any action it's about world-class basics and as we try and become more sophisticated in what we do 
and we're smarter and we've got all these new coping strategies and experts to guide us on this. It's so, so easy to lose sight of the basics. Now, if we tie that back to goal setting for the year, here we are, it's the start of 2022 and it's not, oh, here we go again. It's not, it's a fresh year and it's so rare in life we get the opportunity to design our future in advance and you can what do you want because it's at your fingertips if you want something you can have it but you've got to be able to prepare a game plan to get you from wherever you are today to that point that game plan needs to be specific it needs to be measurable it needs to be based on habit you need to be consistent you need to review what you're doing there's no point getting to the end of the year and going oh that didn't work This is why we do weekly and monthly reviews and quarterlies with our team, with our clients, with ourselves. It's crucial to do that. Get those things in play and that daily chip away at that bigger task on that hour. What am I doing this minute right now that's going to let me get towards my goal? That's how you become successful. Micro baby steps consistently delivered in a very deliberate way that you constantly review to make sure you're on point. Doesn't sound much fun, does it? It's actually the verve of life because it gives you a level of control. And we've been in an environment now for the last two years through the pandemic. And you mentioned having an injury, like with your hamstring. Having an injury takes you out of the game. What we've had effectively is a is a is a societal injury where you take things for granted. I'm gonna catch up with friends at the weekend, go out for dinner, go down the coast, go to Italy, whatever it might be. All of a sudden, all of those benefits have been taken away. The injury, it, you were taken out of the game, you couldn't have that. And it's given people the opportunity to be a little bit introspective at not taking those things for granted. Plan what you want out. Don't take this year for granted. It's a pivotal year as we come out of pandemic. And if you want to design your future in advance, you can have just about anything you want. But there is a price to pay. And so many people aren't prepared to pay that price of admission. They're not prepared to roll the sleeves up. They're not prepared to be consistent in what they do. They're not prepared to be honest about their failings. And most importantly, they're not even clear on what they want. And any road will take you nowhere. So take this time at this time of year to jot down and write it down. Don't type it, don't think it, write it down on a piece of paper or use our journal system. What exactly is it you want and why do you want it? Because once you work out that why, nothing will stop you. You can build a bulletproof game plan that will get you across the line consistently day in and day out. But if you don't know what you want, or if you think you know what you want, but you don't know why you want it, you'll give up. Awesome way to finish, AB. Thank you very much for your insight. We've certainly rambled on for plenty here. And as my good friend, Mr. Dan Bulzerian would say, life's about set up. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Awesome session. Thank you. Anytime, Mitch. Absolute pleasure. And again, happy new year, buddy. You too, buddy. Have it, guys. Get planning. That's 2022. Design your future in advance. Make sure you give us a review and a rating. We look forward to hosting you next week.